Hello, everybody. It's your friend, Jeremy Greer, recording on a uh, my not usual mic, so I'm sure I sound a little weird. I just wanted to say thank you for everybody for supporting this show over the 2017 calendar year. It's really appreciated. We we love you all. It's It's been a, a complete blast to do, and uh, this has just been so fantastic. And we have so many more episodes and so many new ideas for stuff in 2018. So uh, you, you guys know the drill. I'm not going to sell you on this. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year, and enjoy this episode. of marriage are the heaven on earth, life's paradise, the soul's quiet sinews of concord, earthly immortality. John Ford, 1630. I'm Jeremy Greer. And I'm Gary Butterfield. And this is Days of Future Cast, the X-Men animated series podcast. How are you today, Gary? Uh, you know, I am uh, I'm, I'm a little sick. Oh, no. Yeah, you'll hear me. I'm, I'm going to be a little stuffed up. Well, this is, we're recording this uh, the weekend after after Duckstream, and my body has not totally recovered. I think you know at some point I will get to an age where it is irresponsible to do that uh, <laughs> with, with you know, my myriad of other health conditions and stuff. I, I think that um, you know because I take medications to regulate my blood sugar, like barely eating for twenty four hours except for like a steady stream of chips, and and you know forgetting to take my medication because I do that in relation to sleeping mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um probably didn't do great things for my uh my body so my stomach's been protesting and my my nose is full of gunk uh but other than that i'm, I'm feeling good i'm just uh you know i just feel oh i mean i'm emotionally good you're emotional, emotionally fine. emotionally well okay well that's good. physically sick okay um, i don't want to alarm you but um we start off every podcast that we record pretty much with me asking you how you're doing and uh, i think for mm-hmm. the last four you've said like ah. Eh, not great. <laughs> so yeah, maybe, I don't. Uh, I are, don't you, do are you good. all right? Do you need something? Do you need no. some help? <laughs> uh, certainly not. Like I don't. I don't do good. It is. Uh, this is. It's funny that you bring that up because that was um, last time I had like an office job. Uh, that was a thing too. Was like it was. It became an office like joke of people asking me how I'm doing and me being like, eh, you know, because and 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 that situation was because I was at work. You know, it's like oh, you know, this is the number one place. Like. If you're expecting me to be any better than a you know a C or C plus at work, like you're you have an unreasonable expectation. <laughs> yeah, I'm you working know? for I'm donating my time in order to get money to feed myself. Like this isn't the yeah. optimal solution of my life. I'm, so. I, it's like asking me how I'm doing while I'm taking a shit. Like I am I am doing the needful. Like this is this is something that I just have to do. So um, so I'm glad you brought this up. I was listening to uh like I've, I don't know if you know this. I've been going back through the old abject sufferings because I've never listened to those like in order. And uh, you and Cole had an extended conversation uh, in relation to uh, <laughs> toilet kids. I think was the one that came up with that was nothing but like a bunch of shit and poop jokes. And um, neither one of you brought up this Checked this out. thing that that I've seen in, in my work, um, like with the guys that I work with at, that at my office, um, that seem to take hours and hours in the bathroom every day, like mm. consistently, like multiple, like it, like there's a time that I can call my office and I'll be like, hey, is so and so there? And they're like, he's in the little boy's room. And I'm like, well, you know, it'll be an hour. I know, I know for a fact it'll be an hour and a half before that dude comes <laughs> like, out. <laughs> uh, 
I, you know, I've never had that that experience. Hours and hours. I've definitely. So here, let's get into it. Yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah, before yeah. we, just for people who are who are like, why aren't you guys get to the X Men? Like the episodes we're talking about during this episode, next episode, like one, uh, it's 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 all part of a big four parter. So they're they're a little svelte. Uh, with the flashbacks and the like, and two, it's been a long time since I watched these because of uh, like scheduling stuff. So let's uh, let's take a little digression here into into bathroom time. Uh, it's toilet time. It's, it's toilet, toilet time. It's toilet time on Days of Future Cast. <laughs> yeah. the, um, so never, never, never hours or anything. But when I've had jobs I didn't like, one of the the pro strats was to drink uh, so much water that you were constantly in the bathroom because it's like, hey, it's not sitting down at the the call center phone or what have you. Um, hours and a half, that's, that's a little bit much. I, I'm somebody who, uh, does, you know, I take my time when I'm, when I'm doing the business. Uh, but for me, like taking my time tops out at like 15 minutes. And that's if like, I'm reading a good book. <laughs> I was about to say you know? like, I'm in and out. Like I am like, I'm, I don't yeah. like, I can't imagine what people are doing for an hour and a half besides reading a book an or playing a like half. a mobile game. But like. This was yeah. I remember them doing this before cell phones. Like this was before cell phones were a thing and like I would mm. I would go take a leak and like look down and there would just be a giant stack of magazines that they you know, because people were looking through <laughs> magazines and I'm like just read like a magazine, they would read like like fourteen <laughs> magazines, like, the, the, like, like the, popular <laughs> mechanics, Playboy, you know. I read all of the time magazines for two thousand six. Crutchfield magazine. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it would just yeah. be a wide selection and and Gary, I it even like jumping past the like you know wh- who would touch those magazines like i never wanted oh, to touch yeah. those magazines that's not a good place to be i just i yeah. don't get the hour and a half in the bathroom like i just i don't i don't understand really what that is time. yeah it's, it's, at a certain point too unless you are, you are absolutely vile like you're cleaning up and then just sitting naked on a toilet like it's a chair yeah you know? like you're not you're not just sitting there and just like drying out <laughs> instead of cleaning up out of the bathroom i just air dry you know like you know you, you don't you don't do that unless you're like literally the most vile person on earth so like the uh it's pretty weird to just sit naked on a on a porcelain chair and i think you and i would you both know? agree that there's never been a men's restroom that i've ever wanted to spend any more time than i've had to in like there's well, they're not nice yeah. they're not nice well, places that's the thing too because you, you're, you're talking about a work bathroom like my own bathroom you know, fine. Like sure. everything that's that's going yeah. on with that, I'm responsible for. So it's not, you know, it's not. It bad. is exactly like, as nice as you want it to be. <laughs> I think that's, exactly. the, that's, that's the way that dudes do bathrooms. Yeah. And, and no nicer. <laughs> and, uh, not a smidge nicer. <laughs> not a smidge nicer. But the, uh, like a public bathroom, 100%, like, or a work bathroom. Like, uh, the, even though that, that does uh, bring to mind the elegant dance of like a lot of workplaces where one of the first things you want to do when you get there is find the bathroom that's yours. Mm-hmm. And like, usually in most places I've worked, like if you go, there's like a, a floor where there are less people work there or like, you know, a, a, a co- unpopular coffee shop across the street. Like you can usually find something that has a little bit more privacy than just like the scum pit that the, you know, doesn't, doesn't guys that you work with use. I don't remember what TV show I was watching, but like they had the third floor restroom and all of the mm-hmm. people on the third floor would get mad at the people on the first floor for, for coming up to use their petition in their bathroom. <laughs> would, right. Like that, that's yeah. makes perfect sense. That's a real, that's a real thing. And like the, uh, uh, one time, one of my first, uh, my first like real job, like I had a couple like very short jobs, but my first long-term job is I worked at a telephone surveying place and in the building, uh, the upper floors, it was owned by the university and they just kind of banished people there. So there were a couple of professors who had their offices there, but there wasn't anything on the second, third and fourth floor of the building. Um, so like 
if you needed to use the bathroom, like you had conservatively like 10 different unoccupied bathrooms to choose from. Oh, wow. Like we could, we could each have like our own bathroom if we, if we coordinated. Uh, and at any given time, somebody could be using it. Like if we got out a flow chart and a little a spreadsheet to, to plan it out, like it was uh, like a, a public private bathroom dream. It was like <laughs> a dream. That is amazing because um, yeah. <laughs> in my office, um, and I don't like, I think you know this, like I don't work in an office. Like I, I usually travel yeah. and go do sales calls or whatever. But when I'm in my office, there's two bathrooms and um, there's one woman that works for our company and it's my stepmom. Mm-hmm. She's married to my dad. Um, she has her own bathroom and all of the dudes share a bathroom. But one time, like I, I just couldn't, I, I had to go. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> sorry, Tanya. Yeah. I had to go. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Gary, that was the, like the nicest place ever. <laughs> like I was like, why oh, don't we yeah. come in here all of the time? It's, it's so much better. And it's exactly like what you're talking about. Like you just want to find the, the best spot so that you can be left alone to do your stuff in private. And then you can leave as if nothing ever happened. Yeah, yeah. Even the, the very idea of a public bathroom is kind of counterintuitive to me. Like, I, I don't like the idea of, of that in general. You know, like it, it just uh, because if it's just if it's just me, if it's private and just like you know, it's nice. One person uses it. That's about the load that a bathroom can handle. You know, the load of like just personness mm-hmm. without getting getting pretty foul but like once you introduce you know and like you know i lived with with uh, the houseboys and we had three people on two bathrooms and that was still pretty good like pretty good ratio but i've lived in a house where uh, a big house that had only one shared bathroom uh and probably seven people Oof. were responsible for oh using no it. oh no because uh, the, there was one extra bathroom in the house but it was a, attached to like a master bedroom that one guy just king of the castle like got to have his own bathroom that nobody else used for some reason um so that was that got real rough, you know, and it just it just doesn't seem like the concept, like the platonic concept of a bathroom was not made for more than like three people on the outside. Here's you a uh, here's if you ever find yourself um, on the roads, like doing sales okay. calls like I do. Here, here's a pro strat for you. Okay. Um, because like your you option to be in a Starbucks bathroom whenever you can. <laughs> well, yeah, Starbucks is OK, uh, but yeah. usually kind of crowded. Um, but if you're like in, in, in South Louisiana, especially like there's two Starbucks that I can think of that are like close to an interstate. Um, however, okay. every interstate exit has a hotel. So okay. <laughs> you just, you just yeah. stop, you walk in and you're like, Hey, um, I'm waiting for my friend. Have you seen a guy with like gray hair or like waiting for somebody? And they're like, Oh no. Like, do you want us to like wait for you? Oh no, no. I'm just, I'll just wait for him here. Do you mind if I use your restroom real quick? You go do your mm. business and then you just fucking leave and it's perfectly clean. You don't have to deal with like McDonald's public people or anything like that. Like you just get That's in and great. you're out. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you don't even have to stop at the front desk. Like depending on the, like the angle of everything, you can just walk in, use the restroom and leave and it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty <laughs> like the hotel lobbies will to do anything. When, when I was on, uh, we used to do that when we were on uh, tour. Oh yeah, stop at hotels, and we'd also do the continental breakfast like pretty frequently at hotels we weren't staying at. <laughs> you would steal the continental the bathroom, breakfast. That's awesome. Oh yeah, like steal and toast. Like we came back with like food for an entire leg of a journey <laughs> between like Cambridge, Massachusetts, and uh, wherever we played in uh, in Pennsylvania. Um, we just like went into a hotel. Everyone you know took their like. 
terrible, terrible tour shits. And then we uh, we just all went down to the con- and like once again, and we looked like we had just woke up at a hotel, like we were all scummed out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and like once you use the bathroom, it's like you've passed through a filter that's like you belong to the hotel. We could have gone to the pool, we could have watched some HBO. Like I think everything was on the table, but instead we just loaded up on carbs, toasted them, and <laughs> took them with us in the van. Like I love it. Yeah, yeah. Just just get a big to go order of those uh, really really bad waffles from that waffle maker. Yeah, yeah ter- terrible waffles and those little single serving like lemon poppy seed muffin bites. Yep. yep. Yeah, whatever yeah. those muffins are. I don't I don't know yeah. what that is. They're muffins. I I mean they're just like not particularly not, good not muffins. Not great. <clears throat> not not great. Um also not great. Uh the next four episodes of this show that we're we're covering, which uh are the are the season four finale. But I think <sighs> Yeah, they are. But also we're, we're meant <laughs> at some point to be the finale of the series. Which is mind blowing. Uh, I can't. I cannot imagine that. Yeah, this this would this be like such dumb. a such a limp dick way to end this entire show <laughs> that I can't. Yeah, you, you limp dicks. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is. Uh, it is. These are really really bad and confusing and funny, but it also goes on for four episodes. So no matter how confusing and funny it is, you're signing yourself up for a feature length, uh, like exploration of what happens here. Yeah, it's it's so. going to take us a while to get through this stuff, and there's just so many bonkers thing that happens. Like it's just it's just all over the place. Um, they've replaced one of my favorite voice actors. Like this is going to be time travel mm. related. So we we've got Cable, we've got Bishop, we've got Mister Sinister, Apocalypse. Like fucking everybody is on board for this. And um, yeah, Cable has a new voice actor, which is really really disappointing to me. Like I'm not into that at all. Uh, yeah, and and just in general, like the the whole thing is. It, it's actually, you know what, it's it's reasonably well plotted. Like, the action moves fairly well, especially considering how they're handling, like, a bunch of different aspects of this whole thing. But I just, like, I, it's just interminably boring. <laughs> like, it's, 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 it, it's so ridiculous <laughs> that I'm just bored by the ridiculousness. It was uh, it was extremely difficult to, like, pay attention to these episodes. And it's well plotted, except that it feels like um, it's it's stretched and it gets pretty confusing near the end exactly what's going on. Um, because this this is an amalgamation of a lot of different comic stuff. Like this is them trying to wrap up uh, things. And basically it's kind of related to the 12. Uh, if you're familiar with that comic mm-hmm. storyline from like the early 2000s, late 90s. Um, in which like Apocalypse is looking for 12 per- perfect mutants to do some kind of energy bullshit. Uh, here they replace them with psychics to put, um, to put on one hell of a performance of 12 angry yeah. men, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. 12, 12 angry psychics um, is what we're, what we're working towards kinda, but because it's the cartoon, they realize like we've already done a bunch of time travel shit. And in the comics, like, you know, it would be like three or four years between time travel stuff for us. It's, you know, a couple months. So, you know, it would be weird if Bishop wasn't involved in this. So we have to write this Bishop B plot that like literally defies belief. Uh, you know what Bishop does during these episodes. <laughs> Bishop is, is watching like interdimensional television this entire time and like being uh, just completely bullied by this weird like Jim Carrey Bishop, Jim Carrey yeah, imp creature. Jim Carrey that, janitor imp creature oh, who God. like I, I have a, the episode going on in the background. I've frozen on it. And we're, we're going to talk about this guy. But he's got a goatee, but imagine the mustaches come out of his nostrils instead of from under his nostrils. Like, or come from, like, the sides of his nostrils. It looks really, really weird. Like, he's got the thing. I don't think it is a good look. And, and this is, you know, no judgment if you have this. I just not saying I prefer. When someone just has a beard and no mustache. 
You know, like they have the. Oh, I'm not. In, I'm not into that either. Yeah. yeah, I think that looks bad. And Gary, so you also to... just saw me on Friday. You know, I don't have that. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I wasn't. I meant anyone listening. I, I know you don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, I got an alarm. The podcast ends the second you you grow grow enabling. Uh, I've, um, I've, I've twirled my mustache. Now, now I'm off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, this is like the worst of both worlds. It's like it's like the kind of you know the Van Dyke look, which like is you know uh, a B minus. Uh, look at look in facial hair regardless but with the bare lip and his lip is so tall uh it is just it's no no good we got we got to get into it we we gotta yeah well let's let, let's the, let's the jump trumper. into it um let's also just really yeah, after, quickly after because uh, 15 minutes this yeah. will be the first episode that we recorded after duck stream let's just thank everybody for coming out and like, oh, donating allowing us to meet our goal for duck stream we did a uh, we did a live episode of this podcast. If you missed that, that will be going up on the feed after oh, yeah. season four, which looks like that'll be like February twenty fourth, according to my calendar. Okay, um, so that might be yep. that might change, but it'll be sometime in February. But uh, that's all edited and done and ready. It's just we're just not going to release it at our normal time that we would cover a movie. So we don't, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But thank you everybody for coming out. That was that was a hell of a good time. Like that whole weekend was so great and so fulfilling and so amazing. Like it was just 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 thank you everybody. So yeah, incredibly fun. Uh, lots of gratitude to everybody who listened, mm-hmm. everybody who tuned in and donated, everyone who helped signal boost. Um, all those things are very appreciated. Um, I know Jenna appreciates it a lot. I've talked to her about it uh, specifically. Um, and it should be uh, once that stuff starts trickling out, if you did miss it, because uh, I understand not everybody has, you know, I don't I don't watch streams generally. Um, I don't do appointment, <laughs> appointment internet. Um, all that stuff will come out on demand. Like you'll be able to watch that whenever you want uh, soon enough. And uh, a bunch of stuff that happened during uh, the stream was is is fun and funny. It's extremely so. funny. We had that. I had that yeah. reaction after it ended. Um, after after Cole signed off, um, and you guys met your goal, which was amazing. Uh, like like, what do I do? Like the entire weekend, I've been kind of either I had either I was playing games and watching the stream on my laptop, or like Autumn and I were watching the stream on the TV and playing on our phones and doing other stuff. But like, what do we, what do we do? Like yeah. all of my, all of my friends were hanging out in the same place watching the same thing. And now all of them were doing their own thing again. I don't know what to do with my life. It's a, uh, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's extremely fun. Like I'm looking forward to the next time, uh, you know, something, something like that happens. Cause this year we've done, you know, a bunch of, a bunch of streaming stuff and, uh, it is really, really fun. Um, so it's, 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 you know, we have other event kind of things planned and not least, you know, at the very least, we're not planning on stopping this. So, um, you know, this will come around again next year. And uh, it, it feels very good to have this thing to look forward to, um, even if it did like more or less make me sick and <laughs> destroy my, my physical form. <laughs> it is uh, it, it is really fun. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, let's get into the um, let's get into what well, the people were really looking for, I, which is um, I, I'm sorry. This this is related, but I have to I have to stop one more time. Oh. Did you have you ever looked at the entries for the show on TV.com? I don't, I don't, I don't, never gone to TV.com before, so we can just start there. But <laughs> I can, I can go look. Internet TV. Um, it just came up. I was looking for recaps because it's been a long time since I watched these episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so every episode gets a, a user rating, and then they also do a vote for who, which character is the MVP of each episode. Guess without looking what the user rating is for these episodes, like the average user rating. I'm going to say, um, maybe it's going to top out at like 6.0 or something. If it's assuming it's like on the IMDb one through 10 scale, you would think so. However, these are the highest rated episodes of the season with things in the, uh, nine ranging from 9.5 to 9.7. What? Uh, yep. Also, uh, guess who the, the character MVP is for the first two episodes. 
of 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 these four episodes in particular. Yes, yeah, so these four episodes. The character, character MVP, MVP as voted by the audience of TV.com. I mean, I guess it's either Cable or Bishop, right? Like it has to be one of those two. Well, you'd think so. But <laughs> the Raging Cajun comes from behind. It's Gambit for both episodes. What? MVP by a landslide. I don't even. Is Gambit <laughs> in these two? In yeah, I don't think he's in there. What is happening, TV.com? I guess. is. Do they just really like the. Because uh, there's one line. And we'll get to it, but like they're watching, they're at the wedding, and Jubilee's like, "I love a wedding," and Gambit's like, "It depends on what you're here for, Cher." And I'm like, "What? What else would you be at a wedding yeah, for, dog? What does that mean? Like, <laughs> like if you're here to prey on bridesmaids, Sherry, then you don't want to love a wedding." <laughs> yeah, they also contain uh, like breathless, like not formatted, uh, real time recaps where it's just someone typing everything that happened. Which I started reading these to like refresh my memory, but then realized like, oh, yeah, I can't read like four thousand words on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> with no uh, no paragraph breaks um it is a really really weird weird website i am trying um, my best to find like this website is terrible like right off the bat like I'm oh just yeah gonna be in there but like it's just okay here we go yeah i finally finally got into the actual <laughs> the actual page for it yeah this is the reviews and stuff it's 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 a thing I'm looking at the uh, trivia and quote section for this first episode here I want to get the. Yeah. Um, I want to sort this by rating and see what the worst rated episode of this of the show is, according to the members <laughs> of TV.com. Uh, let me scroll all the way to the bottom here. Six point two uh, Jubilee's Fairy Tale Theater. Oh, we got that coming up. Okay, so, so. like, I want to just say this: the second worst episode, and fuck off TV.com, is the Mojo Vision episode. Like, oh, what? Excuse why? me. <laughs> it's the best. Why? It's easily the best by like a a fucking country mile, uh, man. That's uh, it, it's not, it's more like Christmas is my all time favorite, but that the, the Mojo version is very good, is very up there. I like that the the Sanctuary episodes are really good. Um, tons of stuff in the first season back when we could take this show seriously, if you remember that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, there's, a, there's a lot of stuff that's a lot better than this. Uh, but TV the, TV.com, new resource for the rest of this show. <laughs> yeah, I'm just. Like they they're writing like the time fugitive episodes and like one man's work like they're writing all the time travel episodes in the high nines man like they what? love them what yeah I don't I just I I love I love to log on to tv dot tv dot com to get uh, my my TV news and uh, TV discussion so I guess that was like the, it's just like the most basic shit in the world at tv dot com like it's a thing TV. that somebody paid a lot of. I mean, there's like smartwatch ads all over this thing. This is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so that is the kind of website we're dealing with here. That's <laughs> how I know your website is bad when you're advertising shitty smartwatches on it. Yeah, it's, in, it's entirely wall-to-wall smartwatches. Did I tell um, you, uh, this is totally unrelated to this podcast, but did I tell you about that I reached out to one of the Supernatural wikis to see if I could advertise on their, uh, it was, I no. think it was, it was fandom or something, or fan wiki. Oh, fandom.wikia. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're very familiar. You haven't gotten to the part of abject suffering where that comes up like every episode. <laughs> oh no, I'm so. on like episode 50 <laughs> yeah. or something. So I'm yeah. still, I'm still yeah. early. Yeah. Uh, but I reached out to a dude cause like I was looking at their advertisements and they were all garbage. It was like the seven things that you missed in Daenerys's tits in the last episode mm. of game of Thrones. And I'm like, okay, well like surely like a podcast that's about the topic would be interesting. So I get, I send an email and this like total sales douche calls me and is like giving me the hard sale. And I'm like, Hey, look, I'm not, 
Like I, I get you, man. Like you're you're a sales guy. Like I'm, in my professional life, when I'm not doing podcasting, I'm a sales guy. Like just just kind of lay this out for me. Like what is what's the commitment? What's the cost? Like what what are we talking about? And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, uh, I can tell you're very serious. You're a serious professional podcaster. And I'm like, well, you're wrong. But sure, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What what do you think about uh, work toilets? Advertising? <laughs> yeah, let me send this episode to you. Ninety percent of the words on Monster of the Week are hunk. Like ninety percent of the words on Days of Future Cast are <laughs> work toilets. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they wanted a 12 month commitment and like $12,000 to advertise Whoa. on their shitty website. And I just like, I had to stop the dude and be like, um, I'm just gonna like, you don't have to, you don't have to go any further. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you that I am not going to do that. And we can hang up this phone call right now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to talk to you. That, that, uh, uh that website, cause it, you know, comes up, uh, you know, we end up using it a lot for abject suffering and it is one of the most unstable, like shittiest websites. And, not to tell like you know tales out of school, but like I've known people who worked for them up mm-hmm. until fairly recently, and it is apparently a terrible, terrible place to work. Uh, if it's the like person the... you're talking about, like I've seen their Twitter feed, and like just yeah, just knowing like some of that, like it sounds like the fucking worst. So yeah, it is a, a real shitty like business first like management not understanding their product kind of thing, and just like anything that's good that you find on a wiki uh, fandom website is just put there by by users. Like there's no, you know, the writers are not responsible for it. Like the website is not responsible for it. They just provide this infrastructure, this like unstable, shitty infrastructure that's really hard to navigate uh, for for users to fill up with stuff. And like the idea of having an Omni wiki like that is really useful, you know, like a specific, you know, product or uh, property specific wiki for people to, to, to populate. But I just wish it was better than that. Like if you ever try to open that website on your phone, Oh God! Um, yes, it is Conservatively, it lasts horrible. about forty seconds before it stops and reloads the phone because it's trying to ins- install some kind of fucking malware or ad pop up thing that my phone won't tolerate. So <laughs> yeah. it restarts. Like it is, it is extremely bad. Safari just like blanks out the screen and just gives me the side eye emoji every time I try to load yeah. that shit. Like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> you you spent a thousand dollars on this else. iPhone and you're trying to load Wikia fandom dot yeah. <laughs> What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> you spent twelve thousand dollars to advertise on this. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine, like, like what kind of return on your investment would you need to get to justify twelve thousand? Twelve thousand dollars. And, yeah. and Gary, like, when I look at those sites, it's all garbage advertising. I can't imagine anybody yeah. clicking through that stuff. Like, I just like who's clicking yeah. on any of that? Like, it's just fucking crazy. No, it, we have done a um, a phenomenal job about not talking about these X Men episodes oh, yeah. today. <laughs> it's well, it's it's because they're they're really like they're they're rough. Like, it's, yeah. we, let's we're getting into it finally. <clears throat> Beyond Good and Evil, Part One. Uh, season four, episode nine or eight, nine rather part one is called the end of time. Apocalypse steals cable's computer in the year 3,999, allowing him to travel to the past. Cable's computer, um, where he schemes to break- Got your tail, bitch! <laughs> That's not what I would Like, I have received the gateway. Oh, you mean like a mystical gateway that we can walk through? No. Um, no. The computer uh, that comes in the cow box. <laughs> where uh, Apocalypse schemes to bring an end to his struggle against inferior mutants once and for all this leads bishop to becoming trapped amid the time stream and brings ruin to the second wedding attempt by cyclops and gene gray can we just stop that can we just read the four descriptions and talk about it like that, that yeah, seems <laughs> pretty good I mean, there's stuff that doesn't literally we can't talk about bender then we got to get into bender. oh man yeah we do um so so previously we got a previously on that just shows us that apocalypse is a guy he has his horsemen etc just like showing us our apocalypse stuff mm-hmm 
Got to catch up. Um, we're gonna we're gonna jump around in time a lot in this episode, and because it cuts away to that bishop framing device, like. I don't think listening to these episodes will be a good way to understand what happens in these episodes. These episodes of this podcast will be a good way of understanding what happens in the episodes of the show. Um, we'll do our best, but just know that we're going to get some like details wrong because we jump around in time constantly. I think there's like conservatively four different time periods mm-hmm. being used in this. And not to mention, like, I, in, in, you could have one time period where there's multiple teams of X-Men doing different stuff. So, like, yeah. it's going to get real weird real quick. And and it's pretty audacious just on the just like because when I mentioned earlier that we talk about everybody, Apocalypse, Sinister, X Men, Future X Men, we get the fucking Shiar involved. Like it's every it's everything. It's everything except for Mojo. Like Mojo and the Shadow King are just sitting in the sidelines waiting to get tagged in. Well, they had know? to get the Mojo voice actor to do the time imp, and like they were basically told this <laughs> dude like leave all your A material behind, like anything that you've <laughs> ever been catcalled off of an improv stage with, bring that with you. <laughs> we can deal with it on the time uh, imp. Um, so, so we start out in Cairo, uh, three thousand nine hundred ninety nine, where Cable and his weird crew of people we don't we don't know except for Tyler. We've seen Tyler before, his weird blonde son who also has a robot arm. Uh, but there's also like a skull skull robot and like this would be a good place to put some cameos. They don't. Um, but he, he's assembled a crew there to kill Apocalypse uh, once and for all. Uh, and they've been researching for 500 years, which like I don't really understand what that means. In terms yeah. Of and, and people not being immortal. This whole thing where they have to break into a um, a pyramid in Cairo to, to find Apocalypse where he is like. Cable says something to the extent of um, putting fresh blood in his veins or something. Like, I guess Apocalypse has to chill for a little while every few hundred years. Yeah, and th- he has a rejuvenation chamber thing. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's basically the Lazarus Pit. Like, thank you, DC. Yes. We appreciate this good idea that Marvel <laughs> took. <laughs> yeah. Um, I love that... <laughs> Instead of, like, a, a weird, like, assassin sorcerer in it, we're going to put this gigantic <laughs> purple guy with an A on his belt. Like... <laughs> you know, Apocalypse, Jesus Christ. Uh, Apocalypse <laughs> has always seemed very, like, techie to me. Like, he's got those, like, metal tubes coming out of his body and connecting yeah. to other parts and stuff. Like... What, and it, but at the same time, he's like from before time or whatever. Like he's from like ancient. Like where the fuck is he getting all this weird tubes? Yeah, I don't know where the tubes came from either. And the movie doesn't doesn't explain it. Thank God, no, nothing explains it. <laughs> yeah, the, the, uh, like, <laughs> the movie had enough to, enough to deal with besides explaining Apocalypse Origins tubes, <laughs> tubes, <laughs> Star and Leaf Shriver. Yeah. Shriver. yeah. Um, but they they were trying to break into this place, and uh, this is where Cable's computer comes into play, which is just like a floating cube that comes out of his robot arm, which mm-hmm. is not a computer. <laughs> like that's just not. I don't care what you call <laughs> yeah. that, but the the standard of which we call a computer, that's not it. There's no monitor. Kind of, there's no input <laughs> device. <laughs> it kind of like it. Uh, it's real weird that the idea in the future, the most futuristic idea they can come up with for a computer is like a voice activated cube, uh, which is what this is supposed to be because it like talks and and he has a, a computer. Like in the comics, like he talks to his like little wrist computer mm-hmm. here. It's just real weird to use that generalized term for this. Like it feels like it should have been called something else. Like, I don't know. Just call it a mother box. Like steal entirely from a mother box in the love below. Oh, God. Just like totally <laughs> no. steal it from DC. Now I'm just picturing, uh, what's his name from Arrested Development? who's saying mother box all the time. <laughs> yeah. Mother, mother box, the magazine. Um, yeah. so, so he's uh, there, there's like a, there's snakes that come through cause it's pyramid. So like, uh, Apocalypse has taken the trouble to make sure all of his like security is on brand. 
So yeah, it's the year four thousand, and they've set up like some Indiana Jones bullshit. Like, <laughs> put a fucking vaporizer. Like, you could fill a room with a vaporizer, and they could just couldn't pass through the room. Like, why are you setting up tests? <laughs> like, just lock yourself off. You're a being with basically infinite power. Like, seal it, it up the concrete. <laughs> supremely, yeah. Like the power to seal up concrete. Like a subcontractor has that power. Like it. It is uh, the. Uh, it is. This is an old observation, but it is so supremely silly. That this is literally like them using the kind of signifiers and stuff from around the year 2000 would be the equivalent of you and I using signifiers from zero BC. <laughs> like it is 2000 <laughs> years in the future. <laughs> like, and they're still using Indiana Jones snake traps. And that, like the computer, years. the computer tells him too. like, how do and I think cable basically asked like, how do I solve this puzzle? And the computer's like, use this snake. And cable's like, I hate snakes. <laughs> Just and like clicks the snake knob and it turns and opens the door. <laughs> that, that was Apocalypse's security. Yeah, the um, snake knob. I'm gonna hide a door. You know what? You know what this is, Gary? This is just a door with like 1,500 doorknobs on it. You have to figure out the right one to turn. <laughs> Which this, doorknob to turn? This is the security that Apocalypse if has I come up with. Stop them! I will slow them down. <laughs> He's um. been alive for four thousand years, and <laughs> this is this is what he has evolved to. Oh my gosh. Um, so cable, like there's like a trap or something that separates cable from his group, from his yeah. like skull bot and, and his son. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets a- attacked by apocalypse who set this up as a trap. Like this is kind of apocalypse's move, right? Like where he plants false ways to destroy apocalypse, to lure people to him. Yeah. yeah. Um, Cause he wants that computer. I do the same thing with Yelp reviews for restaurants. So I'm, I'm with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so he steals the steals this thing. Um, he 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 steals the computer because he wants to travel through time for reasons that will be revealed painstakingly slowly over the next four episodes. And I, I love um, Apocalypse basically saying like, "I'm not a violent leader. I'm just here to ensure that humanity goes into the future or whatever." And then immediately turns his arms into guns and starts trying to <laughs> shoot Cable. <laughs> well, it's, it's actually like it's it's one of the this with like the next little bit. Like these are the parts of this episode I like is Apocalypse. All of these kind of like they they so they have not laid track enough to make apocalypse this embodiment of evil that they they treat him as in this episode. Mm-hmm. If previous to this, if that had been the theming for him the entire time, there's kind of a weird philosophical backbone of these episodes I like. Okay, I'm like with it's, that. at some you know at some point like the, you know people are actually questioning like you know is apocalypse evil and it, do we need evil to like struggle are we doing more harm doing this than than good you know is evil necessary like those are all good questions for a kid's cartoon to ask you know and and apocalypse even says it at this point like you know he gets called evil and he's like you know am i evil or am i like he he questions himself in this this really cool kind of way that i i like you know it's super weird that he's never questioned himself in the 4,000 years he's been alive, but it's still like a cool thing, you know, philosophical victory that the cable is angling for. It would be a lot less cool if he was doing this for the last 4,000 years and still hasn't figured it out. That just makes him a fucking idiot. He set up that doorknob trap. So like he just, he just thought that would slow down people long enough for him to figure it out himself. I'm going to put one um, more doorknob in, which gives me an extra year to think on my problem. <laughs> I was like, and then just cut to cable and Tyler, like considering all of these knobs. <laughs> <laughs> But he he says like, hey, you know, I failed. Oh, you know, at some point, you know, that's what Cable just says like, we always stop you. And he's like, am I doomed to never win? Like, you do always stop me, you know. But then he's like, no, this time it's gonna do do it. He disappears into the time stream. 
And now First we start with the episode. We start with our worst guest star ever. Um, we we actually go back to the episodes of uh, One Man's Worth, where they say mm-hmm. Xavier. And uh, at the end of those two of that, those two episodes, Bishop basically is like, "Okay, time to go back to the future." Since I've saved Xavier, so now my sh- my future is exactly as shitty as it was when I left it. Um, mm-hmm. And but instead of going back to the future, which I guess we could probably get sued for saying without like referencing the movie, but instead oh, of going no, back to his timeline, yeah, 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 seriously. Um, he gets sucked out into the uh, what? Do, what do they call this place? Like it's the the time nexus, I think, like or something. Ne- yeah, the nexus of time, or nexus something of like time. That. Yeah, he, I he gets, hate he gets this. Stuck in- <laughs> It's really annoying. You can see he gets stuck in like the incense and peppermints video. Like it's a psychedelic (laughs) skyscape thing. Um, The uh, I I try not to. We talked about this before. Chris Sims does those recaps on Mm -hmm. uh, on Comics Alliance. I try not to read those because I don't want to steal jokes. Um, But so I want to give him credit of this. I read that read those in order to recap Uh, these since it's been a long time since I watched the episodes. Um, He calls it keeps calling it Rainbow Road. Okay, Mario sure. Kart. And like that's, that's pretty it is pretty yeah. much Rainbow Road, you know? Like uh he gets stuck on Rainbow Road with his character named Bender. Uh that we have to we have to you know deal with a oh, man, it's also like it looks like the Bifrost as well. It like, that's what I that's what I was actually going to reference cuz I just yeah, saw that Marvel that actually has movie. a Rainbow Road. Yeah. Yeah. Um the uh but God, let's let's cover Bender. Thor three, Gary, because yeah, that yeah, man, is so like, much better than anything Thor's, else we've ever done. <laughs> the, the Thor three, oh, Thor three is extremely good. Um, so in this in Rainbow Road with these gigantic uh, screens floating everywhere that can look in on different times, there's this character named Bender, who's this little janitor wearing knee pads uh, with that terrible facial hair I was talking about before, and they they just gave him directions. They said like, "Listen, you've seen Aladdin, right? Like, imagine you're Robin Williams in Aladdin, uh, and just vamp, like, just go." You know, you use all of your improv skills, everything you did from acting school, um, and just be really, really loud and annoying. Everything and you it, learned it from feels... your from your roommate that went to Second City one time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like everything from from seeing one episode of Evening at the Improv. Like the uh, and it's it's you know, out of all the characters on this show, Bishop is perhaps the most humorless. Um, so putting him next to this imp, like I could see if Wolverine was in this situation, there being some comedy that came out of it of Wolverine just not dealing with his bullshit, but it is, it feels like conservatively three straight hours of this guy going like, "Ah, ah, well, you know, I've got to fly. I don't know. Flying is good. You know? And then, and Bishop just being like, I don't have time for this, you know, and kind of walking away. And that happens over and over and over and over and over in this goddamn cartoon. Uh, it's incredible. We we talked about this. This is very much this Bender to Cat. It it even sounds like the the voice actor that did Mojo in the Mojo Vision episode. <laughs> a visitor just in time to catch me if you can. Hey, wait! So close, yet so far, so far, so good. So long. <laughs> what the? I'm not at the man I used to be. <laughs> you can't catch me. You can't catch me. I'm neither here nor there. I'm over here. No, I'm not there. I'm over here. Oh, I'm gone. Stop it. <laughs> Give me some straight answers. Okay, okay, I'll spill. Call me Bender, so few do. Well, that's because you're the only other one here. <laughs> that's crazy. And where's here? The access of time. It's like, it's just, but it's an extraordinarily shitty version of this guy. Like, Mojo was actually funny when he was doing all of his, like, routines. Like, he had a patter down, and mm-hmm. all of his jokes landed. Like, they were just, like, rapid fire and good stuff. Like, this dude is just, like, spouting nonsense for the most part. Like, and just yelling it at Bishop. And again, 
there's Bishop doesn't have anything to bounce off of. He's like a negative no. space joke. <laughs> like all of yeah. jokes go into Bishop and never return. <laughs> he's the black hole uh, from which jokes cannot return. Um, well, he, like I say, he's the, the, the most humorless character in the show. Um, so just him kind of going through and he is really nonplussed by it. Like he's like, what is this place? You know, a couple of times, but he's not. You know, the gravity of the situation does not seem to be imparted upon Bishop that he is on the, in a time imp vortex. I, I guess that's a, that's a testament to like Bishop's experience in the world that he can expect to get like completely stolen through time and then like just be like, okay, what do I do now? <laughs> like, yeah. I, would, I would be literally losing my goddamn mind. <laughs> like, or at least like he's a superhero. So at least like take a couple minutes to just be like, okay. Yeah. Let's try to figure out what happened. Not immediately just walking up like to this little this little annoying janitor creature and just like that's not the way it works. Like just yell at you know, arguing with this guy, assuming that this like extra dimensional being is arguing in good faith and is worth talking to and isn't like a supervillain and isn't going to kill you or isn't going to like isn't the anglerfish uh light on the tip of a monster or anything. Like <laughs> there's just a lot of uh assumptions that are being made on Bishop's part. Um, they walk around. He sees a TV where it shows the X Men mansion. So and he tries like, to jump into the TV. <laughs> it's not like an actual TV either. Which no, I mean, I could like it's just a it's just like a projection or whatever. But he immediately the jumping into it just really freaks me out because <laughs> I don't I don't like the dude is from the future. <laughs> he should know how this shit yeah. works or doesn't work, right? Like this shouldn't be a a thing that he just does. No, it, it's he tries to jump into it. It's not just a big screen. He tries to jump into it. When he bounces off of, he immediately pulls out his gun and shoots it. Uh, <laughs> Honestly, and, I'm gonna be yeah. I'm gonna be very real for you. This exact situation happened when I bought my dad a Blu-ray player for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> it's too clean. I can't see anything. Hey, I can see everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, let me actually cut into that X Men scene. Uh, where the, where they're, uh, he was watching. So we, we've our cameras moved there, and this is the uh, their Cyclops and Jean Grey are getting married again. Finally, yes, and they they do actually um, get to go get through their vows this time, which I don't think happened the last time, right? Yeah, okay, yep. and we get to see some formal wear X Men with like a bunch of just like kind of randos hanging around, <laughs> just, just um, people we will never see again. I'm assuming, yeah, Jean, the, like the the extended Greys, like. Yeah, they send the grays. Scott Summer is like big empty side with his saddle with his family. Um, what side? Let's havoc, talk about like, this for a minute. Hold on. What side do you yeah. think the X Men are sitting on during this? this they're thing? they're one thousand percent sitting on Jean Grey's side. Excellent. Like if That's you watch good. it, they're sitting on the side with all the people. Um, <laughs> Scott <laughs> Summer, he just has that one dude from the desert on his side, like giving him the thumbs up as he walks down the aisle. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's exclusively it. And uh and a couple of the people from that, that gold town that he went and uh <laughs> That's what I mean. Uh, yeah, that's, that that was the dude from yeah. the desert I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The um <laughs> So, and also, uh, uh, what was it? Tusk and Tiny Tusk, like Tiny yeah, Tusk, Tusk, Tusk is out. Tiny, Tusk, tiny Tusk pops out of the cake. <laughs> tiny Tusk is pretending to be the groom on top of the cake. <laughs> Practical joke. <laughs> Just like looks over at Cyclops and gives him a thumbs up during the uh, ceremony. A little wink with a ding. Oh man! If I, if I had a if I had a friend who was like if I had a tiny friend like that. Uh, not like a little person, but like real little. Mm-hmm. I, I think I would like, I'd appreciate pranks like that. Like them, like hiding amongst my action figures and like, you know, getting on top of my wedding cake. Things like that. I think I would dig it. <laughs> what is the, uh, what was the, oh man, what was the children's book uh, where the kid, the Indian the, in the cupboard, the Indian in the cupboard. Like if they just constantly Indian in the cupboard, did you all the time? Yeah. Just like, <laughs> Oh Jake, you know, <laughs> 
the um so they uh, uh they get married um i love x-men and formal wear i like that morph is there like he's in retirement but he shows up for the wedding of course you know, he's, he's, yeah he's a it's cameo, a party so like yeah, and they're his friends, you know. Can you imagine um, his uh his bachelor or not his bachelor speech, but his uh his like best man speech when he gets up and like compliments oh, man. the bride? <laughs> I wish they had shown that. And it's like the one spot of happiness that Wolverine gets. He turns into Wolverine and is like, I'll tell you, bub. <laughs> yeah, just like I don't like this. And then Wolverine like just starts cackling madly. Um So they uh they get married, they exchange their vows, it switches over to like this reception they're having where I swear to God, there's a banner that just says congratulation. <laughs> like no s and there's a space where the s would be it's not like it's cut off so they just ran out of money for congratulation. that congratulation yeah yep congratulation uh Cyclops. speaking of wolverine uh he goes over to congratulate the 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 new groom and the new wife and he walks over and points a finger at cyclops and said you better take care of her and like one of his claws pops so he's got like the the, the claw finger that he's pointing at cyclops and then he <laughs> uses it to cut a slice of the cake and then he just leaves he doesn't take the I, cake with him <laughs> just, yeah, i love it like their cake has little x-men's all little x-men symbols all over it Oh yeah, extremely like, can, funny. Can you imagine, like, if you if you actually got married and like plastered, like, uh, if you had a duck feed cake at your wedding, like, unless you got mm-hmm. married to Cole, that would be inappropriate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the the cake that he slices gets to, to go to Xavier as Cyclops is serving Xavier at his own wedding. Oh, yeah, uh, Jesus, <laughs> the ultimate, you know, uh, thing. So the oh, Xavier comes up. He gives a speech. He talks about like, "Oh, you came to me as children, but now I'm so proud of you. You're adults." Yeah, I'm so gl- I'm so glad you guys are fucking. Is basically the yeah. Idea. <laughs> Essentially, now that you've gone through your puberty, um, the uh, they throw the the bouquet. Rogue catches it, of course, for maximum irony. I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. she caught it last time too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, or no, Beast caught it last time. Um, now now Rogue has caught it this time. Um, she's super sad. They're just doing wedding stuff. It's pretty fun. Like. You know, uh, Beast and Gambit are tying tin cans to their car, which is like a thing. They're throwing rice because it's 1994 before we found out that you shouldn't do that. And if you're thinking like, oh, you know, it sure does look like Jean Grey and Cyclops got married without Mr. Sinister popping in. <laughs> oh, uh, you'd be right. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. So somebody throws the Sinister signal into the sky whenever they uh, see the wedding announcement in the paper. And uh, this time he, he, he brings his nasty boys. Yes, so uh, Cyclops and Jean are like driving off, and really, Garrett, I actually like this whole wedding thing a whole lot. Like, this is a real good moment with the X Men. Like, it just feels Wouldn't nice. It's been a good episode, just like in the comics, like the the episode where Cyclops and Jean get married or the yeah. issue. Like, there's mm-hmm. no action at all. It's just like a really like sweet comic. Yeah, I really like that um, issue. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's very like you know if you'd grown up with these characters and stuff, like it, it that was like a genuinely kind of heartwarming issue and here it's like it, it's it's roughly one fourth of this batshit time travel nasty boys thing which like i'm always down for the nasty boys like don't get me wrong like i i, I am down for that action part but it's like it would have been very brave of the cartoon just to do an episode of the x-men hanging out having the wedding and having a moment to celebrate for once you know that would have been really great but you can't do that on a saturday morning cartoon man people get no. bored change the channel to the other two channels that were on television in 1997 yeah. <laughs> Exactly. What are you gonna watch? Mommy's alive. Like, um, so there's, there's a rerun of Blossom a, on NBC, y'all. Come on, let's get it. <laughs> um, the, the, there's a flash of light. It knocks out Jean Grey and Cyclops here, and we find out that Xavier turned off the defensive grid for the wedding because it's and there's this is never really explained. Like he's just like, yeah, I turned it off for the wedding, you know, for the festivities. Like that's exactly like you guys. You have a history of being attacked at weddings, dog. Like, why would you do this? 
Yeah, I, Xavier. I, I, <laughs> and I'm assuming that like once he figured out that the uh, defensive grid was off, like he just like immediately put everything out of his mind, just like he did with Wolverine getting electrocuted by Magneto for that <laughs> yep. one time. He's like, okay, I'm good. Everything's gonna yep. be fine. Um, uh, so, something I just noticed in in watching it. Um, so the the nasty boys show up. They've got Vertigo with them now from mm-hmm. the mutates. Um, where they attack from is from the bell on top of the mansion. <laughs> Like they they attack from within the mansion. <laughs> they were just hiding um, there. Do you think that uh because we're gonna eventually find out that like they're they're basically time jetting all over the place, right? So like do yeah. you think that Apocalypse hit him there like a thousand years ago and they've just been chilling? <laughs> when the place was built, like they were built into the wall. <laughs> Oi, gorgeous George. Don't you think that we should we should pass the time with some cards? <laughs> Whoa! What what um, do you mean you forgot the weed? That's what we were gonna yeah, do here. <laughs> Like, uh, God damn it, uh, Stenchface or whatever that one character's name is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the the one, um, or like Dirtbag or, or whatever, Furball. I can't remember the name of the 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 one with the hair, hairball. Uh, who who Wolverine guesses his name? Yeah. Um, once again, the Nasty Boys prove that they're roughly three times as good a super team as the X-Men. <laughs> they just, they, they just grab, like, here's the thing is that they are focused on a goal. Like they, they grab psych, yeah. they grab Gene and then they, I think they just knock psych out again or like leave him to the side, but they grab Gene and they fucking jet. Like they get the hell out yeah. of there, which is great. Like that's what you should do when you attack the X-Men. You shouldn't engage in like, you shouldn't give them time to, uh, have a battle plan, realize the battle plan is fucked. And then to Remember have another they have battle superpowers. Plan. <laughs> yeah. You don't want them to be able to do that. You just want phase one, not phase two. When they kidnap him too, it's worth noting that instead of picking up Gene and Cyclops, they pick up the car and use it to carry them. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's very funny. Oh, sweet. I've been, I've been looking for a Xavier car. <laughs> yeah. They just, they just scoop it up. Um, they, and they, you know, they take uh, Gene gray out. Uh, but they leave Cyclops, which is going to be a thing here in a moment, which is very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so they, go, they, they go through the portal. Yeah, they go through the time portal. Uh, Wolverine shows up and can't smell like Gene or the Nasty Boy, so he's freaking out. He's super angry about this. Like Wolverine is going to stay pretty aggro for most of these episodes. Yeah. Um, uh, more importantly, Xavier can't find them with Cerebro. Like they're just not on Earth. But he is detecting some weird shit, and by some weird shit, he means. That Mr. Sinister is inside his office. <laughs> like, literally, just, <laughs> he's like six feet away. Xavier, what are you doing? What is the yeah. security that you have? You know, turning off the mansion security didn't mean turn off your psychic powers to, de- you know, detect mind presences. And, <laughs> and also just office. like basic common sense. Yep. He's, he's in the war room. And Jubilee stayed behind uh, because she wanted to go, but Xavier stops her. Um, Mr. Sinister zaps uh, Xavier's chair, knocks him out of his chair. Um, Jubilee, of course, is not a match for Mr. Sinister, but attempts to fight him. Mr. Sinister does an awesome move where he just points at Jubilee and instead of shooting a whole beam out of his hand, just does it out of his pointer finger and zaps <laughs> Jubilee. Like, I'm going to give you like, one like a, fifth beam. <laughs> yeah, gives, gives her a mini beam. You could save uh, action points if you only use one fifth of your beam. Yeah, one fifth of your beam. The, uh, <laughs> so Sinister at this point is kidnapping Xavier. So it's like, what the fuck's going on? You know, like uh, mm-hmm. k- kidnapping Xavier, kidnapping uh, uh, Jean Grey. We don't know what's happening. And then we jump into yeah. a different timeline, which is 2155, which is when uh, where Bishop and Shard, who is Bishop's sister, 
um, came from, where uh, Shard shows back up. And, of course, like she's coming back from the 60s where they had saved Xavier and Bishop isn't with her. So they were like, mm. oh, well, I guess we need, just need to send you back in time to the 1990s to fix this other shit that we broke. Because yeah. that's what Forge does. Is he, he creates yeah. problems with the timeline and then <laughs> yeah. sends a mutant back in time to fix it. And for then her. creates problems with the timeline. <laughs> the, um, so sending, sending Shard on back to the 90s here. And I love as, that, as, that uh, she just she just runs into Sinister. Like Sinister is walking out with Xavier, like just over his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, just like he's just gonna like like he's uh, you know steal like he's stealing a, a, a jewelry box. Um, Shard shows there and tries to stop him. Zaps him a couple times. Gets him to back up into the house. Like she's trying to fight him off. Uh, Shard has some kind of energy projection powers that I, I'm not entirely clear on. Mm-hmm. Probably uh, related to shards sh- somehow, if I had to guess. Yeah, she shoots energy shards. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Uh, so the, uh, the Mr. Sinister is there. Um, the X-Men come back. They see Shard, and Shard's like, hey, I just shot off Mr. Sinister. Wolverine smells Mr. Sinister as well. And then we get our second kind of fight uh, of the evening. Like, the X-Men, you know, missed the opportunity to, to fight back because they happen to be 10 feet away. Now they're back, and we actually get you know, they've prepared themselves and Cyclops starts zapping Mr. Sinister and that's a big deal. So that's when things get serious. Yeah. yeah the, 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 that's a big deal. Uh, and they kind of, they kind of give Sinister chase and uh, they, they win this, right? Like they, they mm. rogue is able to grab Xavier right before Sinister jumps into this weird time portal that the X-Men aren't aware of. It's a time portal. They're going to get filled in here in a minute. Uh, and then, like there's some funny stuff that happens through here. Like I, I really like that Wolverine uses the wedding cake to to mm-hmm. take take down the the guy that screams all the time. Which is I don't know why that amuses me so much. Yeah. Maybe it's because it's Cyclops <laughs> and Jean's cake. Well, he does lift up an entire wedding cake and throw it <laughs> throw it into his face. Um, G, uh, Rogue throws uh, the big guy out through a hole in the wall. Excellent. Um, all yeah. in one motion. Like the big guy walks up, she just goes and just kick, like deals with him like in literally three frames of animation. <laughs> Um, we can definitely tell that they are they are running out of money to pay the animation studio or that the animation studio is just running out of money to 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 do this because some of the faces we've talked about this in the last few episodes like some of the faces and everything that everybody has are just really bad Um, yeah it's gonna get worse too next season is worse um shard basically fills everybody in well i guess rogue saves sinister and sinister basically says like hey, saves xavier xavier and sinister yeah. tells the nasty boys like hey help me and uh the interesting thing that happens here is the nasty boys are like hey we're not helping you that's not our job like your job was xavier we're, we're here for we were here for gene gray and we did that. yeah whoa yeah like that which the, is kind the, of a mind fuck like i thought the nasty agents. boys were sinister's nasty boys <laughs> not just yeah, not just no, like no. solo nasty boys no they're, they're individual units of nasty boy now, like every, every every nasty boy is a nasty island. They're free agent nasty boys. <laughs> yeah, we yeah, got some free agent nasty boys are about because when they go back through these portals, now they they attempt to say they save Xavier, they attempt to save Gene, they can't, um, including a real silly thing where Wolverine and Cyclops run up to the portal and then just bounce off the wall. Yep. Um, they go and they they put Gene into some kind of tube, and uh, you know, Sinister shows up. He doesn't have Xavier. Uh oh, it's Apocalypse, and that's who everyone is working for. Mm-hmm. Um, is everyone's working for Apocalypse in this more or less in order to help his collection of tubes uh, get filled? Exactly. Yeah. yeah, it's uh it's it's not great. <laughs> like, it's a, it's not gr- great. Like I like the action this episode. I despite everything, like how goofy they are, I like the nasty boys. Oh sure, uh, yeah. Any, like, anytime they know, show up. Yeah, I don't know if that's a good thing about me or a bad thing about me, but it's like I can't deny that I like the nasty boys. Um, and the, uh, uh, I like the fights and I like the wedding 
Um, I like the little like cute character moments in that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, the things that suck about this episode are how it ties into the four part arc. Uh, that is pure ridiculousness. That we're yeah, and and that we have to put in like uh, some some work with Bishop and <laughs> and this tie up, which is just super dumb. Oh, um, man, I, yeah, it's 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 not great. <laughs> yeah. um, this, this immediately goes into uh, Beyond Good and Evil Part Two: Promise of Apocalypse, um, when uh, Oracle, the psychic member of the Imperial Guard, uh oh, um, is excuse by me, Apocalypse. <laughs> the, yeah, the like, what and the what now? <laughs> Yeah, you know, <laughs> Professor Xavier deduces his scheme involves capturing mutants with telepathic abilities. The X Men are split up to track them down uh, before the vill- villains can, which puts Wolverine and Shard in the middle of a scuffle between Archangel and a ninja named Psylocke. That's right, we're introducing Psylocke, um, who has already appeared as a cut in like a brief appe- had a brief appearance in the yeah, show in her full ninja outfit. Cameo. So yeah, yeah, you know, we we've mm-hmm. never had like British Psylocke. Uh, in the cartoon since it was the nineties, we definitely moved directly to like ninja lingerie Psylocke, mm-hmm. which is my yeah. favorite kind of lingerie. Like, I don't know if you know that yeah. about me. Like yeah. I'm not, but my least favorite kind of Psylocke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not way into anime until, uh, you know, you put a ninja into some lingerie. That's, that's my, yeah. And then it's, yeah, then it just does it. Yeah. The, um, yeah, I've always, I've always, uh, I always wanted Psylocke to go back into like Betsy Braddock mode. Same. I yeah. always thought that thought Psylocke was like, I mean, I guess they had two psychics, so they didn't need, you know, they needed a ninja more, but I've always thought Psylocke was kind of lame, um, in the, in the comics. And I've always liked the design on the, uh, the old, like weird, you know, stuffy British Psylocke. I can't, I can't um, lay that claim because like, you know, this all the Psylocke, big Psylocke time for me, was like 14, 15 years old. So like super hot, you know, quasi Asian mm-hmm. ninja lady was like right in my wheelhouse of, of stuff that I wanted to see in the world. So, mm-hmm. I, I, but it wasn't until like years later that I started researching that character, not researching, but like started going back and seeing, <laughs> <laughs> I opened up, I, put, I got my encyclopedia, Marvel, <laughs> Marvel Canica, um, but realized what had happened to that character and, and kind of like, oh, that's probably not great. <laughs> like that this it British is, woman man. just has an asian body now that's not great it is yeah it is it's pretty problematic just to like you know and have her turn to a naked sex woman but it's also uh one of the most confusing things the x-men has ever done like the story of what happened it's it, the seas perilous is the answer i think but there's a character whose body she stole um who shows up as well uh and it is a very confusing story that was told over the course of like eight years in the 90s um you know because she was a fan favorite um it is it is one of my least favorite things about x-men continuity like i really don't like don't like psylocke um well we're not going to so deal with her her because we're going to start in uh the shiar palace Shi'ar space. oh man, man. and like, I, I am so like god i do i not like the shiar and it's going to be all over the next movie man like, oh yeah i almost guarantee it the um and it, it bums me out big the only uh, thing I like about this um, this this particular Shi'ar thing in the week in the comics, and it's only like a two second clip, but they have as the palace is being attacked, like we get these like turrets that pop up, and they just look they look like dickheads. I'm sorry, like they just yeah, look they, like the, <laughs> they just like penises yeah. that are be- becoming erect and then yeah. shooting but shooting turrets. people. Yeah, skeet 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 skeet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the uh, yeah, they, they do have mushroom mushroom turrets. Mm-hmm. Um, this is just Deathbird fighting. Lalandra again like is this is this goddamn civilization never at war with Deathbird like I, we've seen them catch her why does this keep happening to you Shi'ar I don't like, like it hasn't been that long since your last civil war just kill the chick like like what are you what are, like you're a, you're an intergalactic space empire like 
I don't know, man, like put her in a, in a cave somewhere. Like put her, I don't, I don't know what you do with yeah. her. I'm not an intergalactic space empress. Like I yeah. expect you They're to have the answers. <laughs> yeah. Like you could, you could do something with Deathbird that's slightly more permanent than the, uh, literal nothing that they have done. <laughs> And this um, this whole thing seems to be, um, like you mentioned, trying to grab Oracle, uh, which is like the psychic that works for the Empire. Uh, like Gladiator shows up and is about to like kind of save the day when, you know, just Apocalypse just shows up and just straight up betrays this Deathbird chick instantly. <laughs> like just grabs Oracle and Jets and's like, okay, you do you. I'm out of here. I'll be back in the so, time nexus or whatever the fuck. <laughs> so here's here's a question that uh, is a real obvious question, but we'll go ahead and ask it. Um, if he's betraying Deathbird. Uh, why did he need Deathbird if he can just literally teleport to Oracle and grab her? Why, why set this up at all? Like, she flew a ship to this place. Like, so he had to go meet her outside of this when he could have just teleported inside. I, yeah, there's nothing, like, it doesn't show Deathbird, like, lay down a transceiver. There's no, like, they don't talk about that or anything. It's like, what is Deathbird's point in this plan other than just to, like, reintroduce us to Deathbird for some reason? Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, pretty frustrating, though. Um, so they, they end up actually, so he gets out, he gets Oracle. That's mm-hmm. the, the takeaway here. Yeah. They filled up another um, tube and then, uh, we have to deal with, uh, Cyclops just, you know, doing his woe is me bullshit of like, why wasn't oh, I picked? Why did they take Gene? Oh God. Like he's, he's extremely sad that he did not get kidnapped. And I, and I don't know why the closest thing it reminds me of since it's a negative thing. And this is, uh, you know, I recently rewatched, uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia and there's the part where uh, they come up with a fake scheme to accuse their gym teacher of child molestation. And <laughs> okay. uh, the, the uh, Dennis um, or not Dennis uh, Mac is like, how come I didn't you know get molested essentially and goes to try to seduce the, the gym teacher as an adult. <laughs> um, Great. It, it reminds job. me of that. It's always yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah. It, it reminds me of that. Cause it's like, he's just like, why didn't I get kidnapped? Why didn't they want me? And the, there is an element of him just being insecure and like, just not getting picked for the team. It's like, you don't want to be in a tube. Cyclops. What is this? You know, <laughs> why do you want to be molested? Cyclops? That's yeah, not a good it, thing it, to it be. It is super, <laughs> super weird. Um, you know he's he's very whiny. Um, while this is happening, uh, of course Xavier takes a phone, takes a, a psychic phone call because if Cyclops <laughs> is whining, like you're just <laughs> yeah. oh, hold on, hold I gotta on, take this. Psych, hold on, hold on. Hold on. I mean, just stuff it again. Like put it in, put it in the bug place, put it in the bug yeah. room, and I'll I'll just gotta yeah. deal with my own shit. For hold, a hold on a moment. Um, <laughs> it's Lalandra saying, "Hey, our, our Oracle got kidnapped." We switch over to the axis of time, um, which is not the nexus of time, which is where the, the time imp is. This is this is where um, this is like the the weird MC Escher uh, place where Apocalypse is hanging out. Yeah, yeah, and this um, is like he yeah. he used Cable's computer to come here, and he's doing some creepy shit. Uh, Sinister is is basically coming to like lord this over Gene and saying like, oh yeah, I'm with Apocalypse because he's going to allow me to create a whole new human race like I've always wanted to, which. Hey, hey, Sinister, how, how can you not see the flaws in this plan from the very fucking beginning? Like, of course he's going to betray you. Like, he's like, why does he need a whole new human race? He doesn't like the one we have now. Like, he's not going to yeah, let you I build one. Know. Yeah, I, I have no idea why why he would trust him. Apocalypse's plan, essentially, for this is to recruit people by promising them the one thing they want the most with no assurances that they'll get it. Because <laughs> uh, that comes up later with Magneto as well. Sinister, I can right. promise you two things. You're going to get your revenge and you're going to live through more pain than you've ever known in your entire life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can handle it. Not this, you can't. Um, so the, the uh, Apocalypse shows up and kind of explains what's happening. 
um, is that, uh, you know, they're, they're collecting these, um, these psychics, um, and how he got to this place where the first time he time traveled, he got thrown into this nexus of time or the axis of time mm-hmm. and spent centuries learning how to control it. So he has like this omniscience over time. Now, now the, the, the smart people in the audience are probably thinking, oh, like this causes a lot of paradoxes because he could go back and strangle all the X-Men when they're babies um, and, and, and should have. This is never actually like brought up like this. This series of cartoons does a pretty bad job of dealing with, uh, you know, the 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 ramifications of somebody having absolute control over time. Shocker. I know <laughs> they do a bad yeah. job of dealing with this. <laughs> yeah. Why doesn't, uh, uh, like if he knows that these, uh, all, like if he knows who the psychics are, just go back 20 or 30 years, grab them as babies and then grow them up in the tube until you're ready to like, you know, do the plot line with the 12 or whatever. <laughs> just put them in a tube. And when they're babies, it seems like an easy solve. It's, it's so it's, it should, it should be extremely easy. Um, the best part about this is seeing lots of like great, like, apocalypse and flight poses and stuff and kind of like <laughs> zapping around like a big psychedelic dreamscape. He yeah. also gives like a really, uh, if you want to turn to a gif at about seven minutes and, and five seconds into this episode, he does an amazing smile. Like this, like crooked, like, Hey, I'm in a time axis uh, <laughs> smile. It's very good. <laughs> so like uh, TFW when you're in it, when you find your time axis and you finally learn how to use it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so then we, we back off to Bishop watching this on, on one of the time TVs. Yeah. With, uh, yeah. With, so he's, he's goblin because we have to like go back to this thing or whatever. Like we constantly have to go back to, to all of this. Um, luckily it doesn't last long this time until we go back to the, uh, to Xavier, like having to explain like, Oh yeah, we, we think that they're stealing psychics and, um, like we, we have to find them. We have to find any more mutant psychics. So like they're going to use Cerebro mm. to track this stuff down. Uh, you know, everyone's trying to calm Cyclops down because he's being a little aggro because he's obviously like his, yeah. his brand new wife just got kidnapped just like she did the last time they almost got married, which <laughs> keeps happening yeah. two times. It's a coincidence, Scott. That's all I'm saying. You got one more shot, <laughs> bud. You got one more shot and then it's <laughs> you. Uh, but his, his, you know, just following in the, in the, in the running jokes for this show, like this, it's not about Gene is <laughs> just really great yeah. delivery. <laughs> This isn't about Gene. Yeah, he, he literally yells that uh, when it is explicitly at least like eight percent about Gene. <laughs> you know, it's at least like partially about Gene. It's, I mean, it's it's one twelfth of it's one twelfth about Gene. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a USDA amount of Gene in this plot, my friend. Like, and it is it is undeniable. Um, and then um, Gary. Uh, we go Before back we to... get to this, we, we, oh, I'm sorry to just cut you off. This scene where they're discussing this and telling each other things the audience already figured out is like three minutes. Like it goes on this talky part where Cyclops is being really annoying goes on forever. Yeah. Um, I just want to point out that this is unless anyone thinks this is a well-paced episode based on, on how speedily we're moving through things. Uh, it is not. <laughs> no, it is. It is definitely not. I, I, this this next thing, Gary. Like, I again, I actually kind of like Cyclops. Uh, Cyclops. Uh, Psylocke. Psylocke. Like, it's, she, mm-hmm. There's a little bit of nostalgia there for me for the for the you know the hot ninja lady with psychic mm-hmm. powers or whatever with the cool like psychic stabby thing coming off the back of her yeah. hand. Um, but all of this is just. Like she, she like psychically fucks up a dog in this, which instantly yeah. puts me puts you on my shit list. Like, what are you doing? Yeah, ostensibly she is she is a hero until she stabs a dog in the head with her uh, <laughs> psychic knife. But wait, wait, wait was the dog attacking her? Like, was she was the she dog so- was on a chain? 
the dog was kind of barking on a chain. So uh, it was not her. definitely not self-defense is what you're saying. Yeah. Like she could have, like it's, it's on a chain. Like if she's played any 3d Mario game, like you can get away from this chain chop by walking in a slightly wider radius <laughs> than, than it allows. Um, it's already barked. Like it's already made the noise and it doesn't matter because so there, we didn't say this. They're at castle Worthington, which like, you know, hold up, like, <laughs> excuse you know, me. There's a castle like Warren Worthington has a castle now, but, but, uh, Angel Archangel is just like crouched on the top of his castle, like a fucking gargoyle watching for intruders. Like he's already in costume. He's just watching Cyclops as she approaches or Psylocke as she approaches. We're going to say that we're going to make that mistake a lot. Yeah. Um, and is just ready to fight immediately. Um, oh no, he's down. not ready to Gary. He's not ready to fight. He's ready to fuck. <laughs> like yeah, all that's one hundred percent true. All he talks about is like, I wonder what she looks like underneath that mask. Oh wow, I can't believe she's back. Like oh, she she wants some more, doesn't she? And I'm like, is this? D- did Warren Worthington turn into Gambit when we were looking? <laughs> is this Remy Word- Worthington somehow? Yeah, it, more more or less, yes. It is him being extremely flirty um, for some reason. Which is like they're they're they were like they have a flirtation in the comics. Um, you know, I think is the idea here. Like they were lovers for a while, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, okay. Uh, they, they have to immediately switch into that. There's kind of a fight between them. That's like a little, like, um, the daredevil, uh, Electra fight in the Ben Affleck daredevil movie where it's like a, a fight flirt. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Like I, I, that, that yeah. works out real well. She can um, shoot beams now too. I don't know why she can shoot psychic beams. Like she's not supposed to be able to do that. Um, but yeah, he, you, you know the role of superheroes off. like she has to be able to shoot beams <laughs> like everybody's just... got blasts and beams <laughs> what's your power um i i, I grow limb. i grow like both I, kinds yeah, yeah I, I, I grow grass really fast oh i can also shoot grass beams by the way just yeah, grass grass beams. if i need to chlorophyll blasts the uh, so, yeah so she she in order to stop getting caught she throws herself into like jagged rocks and is about to die uh so he can save her mm-hmm and uh, this leads on like silly. an extended chase scene where uh, like she has to, she like pretends to be into him. So she, she's, so she can zap him. Yep. She steals his gride, which seems a little like yep. loads up his stolen goods, like all of his shit in his own car and then steals it, <laughs> which is, yeah. which is actually pretty good. That's that, that I like. Yeah. Um, and then like this, there's this extended chase scene, but uh, Shard and Wolverine are here. Like they're in London having, like they're not at Warren Worthington's island, which is presumably is off the coast of London somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know where Warren Worthington Manor is. Yeah, last we saw him, he lived in a ski chalet. <laughs> or, um, or but there, maybe he didn't live there. Maybe he just fucks there. <laughs> yeah, that's where he makes his kids. Um, <laughs> yeah, the so they're just kind of staking out this thing, probably because Cerebro saw Psylocke. Or something like that. Because um, the idea was, you know, Cyclops wanted to use other mutants as bait. Their psychics as bait to, mm-hmm. to save people. And that's the plan. Like, they're going to go stake out the psychics. Um, so that's why Shard and Wolverine are, like, on patrol on a roof um, watching them. Yeah. And when Wolverine sees uh, Psylocke and, and Warren Worthington kind of, like, Warren is chasing her into, like, her hideout or whatever. His reaction to this is, like, oh, I need to get close to her. I need to go get in the mix of this action. Let me jump off this bridge and into some water and swim my way over there. <laughs> yep. Um, eventually, uh, <laughs> it's a really good scene. The um, Eventually, uh, Psylocke comes to a garage and everyone kind of can- converges. Uh, more than Worthington, Shard, and Wolverine are all heading there. And we find out... Uh, you know, or Shard lets Xavier know what's going on. Let's Gambit and Storm alert. Mm-hmm. Um, when they confront him, 
Psylocke essentially says like, hey, you're a mutant and you do nothing with your wealth to actually help mutant kind uh, with fair criticism. You know, yeah. like any any extremely wealthy person who just puts on a costume to punch poor people. I don't have tons of sympathy for like, <laughs> you know, it's pretty much what Batman does. It's, it I was about to say, it's definitely do. the Batman <laughs> syndrome, yeah. right? Like I'm I am so rich I could end homelessness. Instead, I'm going to dress up like a bat and punch other dudes dressed yeah, up like just, weird yeah. creatures and, pu- and punch mentally unwell people. Um, so she's totally right here. Um, it, but she says she's stealing all of his stuff to sell it for her brother, uh, who does like good things for mutant kind. Her brother's Captain Britain, which like that's a whole can of worms that we cannot quite get into. But like that's not what Captain Captain Britain does. Just just want to find um, out if Captain Britain you know knows where his funding is coming from. As he looking, well, yeah. <laughs> hopefully he doesn't. He has plausible deniability when the IRS or not the IRS, but when the uh, the auditors come around. <laughs> yeah, the, the internal tax service or whatever, whatever. Uh, you know, the UK has instead of the IRS. We see right here that someone donated a priceless Michelangelo painting to your campaign, Captain Britain. Yeah, Can you explain? Just, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so they're, they're in that garage uh, fighting, you know, Wolverine and Charles are on their way when who pops in, but uh, Mystique and Sabretooth. Yeah. And uh, this is one of my favorite moments in um, superhero fighting is when uh, they mm-hmm. break in and like they say some shit and then, uh, Archangel like immediately flies towards Mystique and Mystique just like shoots him immediately out of the air. Like it's nothing. (laughs) It's so good. You're actually not so scary, Archangel. Um, You know, uh, Sabretooth is going to take them all out, but then Shard and Wolverine come in and save, save them, you know, come to the rescue uh, here and, and kind of helps them out there. Yeah, and anytime Sabretooth and Wolverine get together, we get some really dumb lines as they like yell at each other back and forth. I think at one time, uh, Sabercloth, Saber, Sabercloth, wow. Sabercloth, <laughs> Sabercloth is exactly as good a name as Sabretooth. Like, <laughs> Can we yeah, just have a whole range of mutants? Like do you, yeah. like a Saber son and a Saber daughter who drive Saber cars? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm Saber Fingernail. Uh, I'm Saber Thong. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Saber Thong. But at one point he tells, What are you going to do? Eat your spinach? Which is really just a weird, I don't know, man. If you're saying it like not like eat your spinach, you know, like, hey, like you should eat spinach and get stronger. But if you're like, the way you said that made it sound like, it's like eat my spinach, like spinach is a euphemism <laughs> for something. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's a real weird thing to say to somebody. Eat my spinach. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> the, uh, um, but there, there's essentially just kind of like shenanigans here. You know, Mystique turns into Shard to try to trick uh, the psychic. Because uh, she's a dip, yep, uh, dipshit. Um, they're just you know attempting to to make off with Psylocke. Psylocke is the uh, the prize here, mm-hmm. um, but uh, Magneto shows up uh, during this fight because there weren't enough villains in this thing. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't just like literally everyone everyone showing up. I will give uh, um, I will give props to Magneto here because he does some serious Magneto shit, which is pick up an entire like military cruise ship and drop it on land. Like he mm-hmm. just does, he just does that. Like then, it, and then like, I just picture the cleanup crew that has to, is looking at this and going like, "What the fuck do we do? We don't have this many cranes." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. um, Magneto is the best. Uh, he does it, it. It's a really great moment too because he does it. Uh, Wolverine dives into the ocean, like tackling Magneto. Mm-hmm. Uh, Magneto pulls an anchor from this cruise ship to wrap around Wolverine, and then lifts the cruise ship up of the USS Tin Man. <laughs> the USS Tin Man, <laughs> yeah. um, with Wolverine attached to it, and which, then puts it on land. Which Gambit makes ready use of because he just like fucking messes with Wolverine about it too. How nice to see you, Logan. 
All tied up and nowhere to go. I just can't yes. believe that Wolverine's tied up to a cruise ship with an anchor. <laughs> it's, it's, it is. It is. He's right. Like, it's real surreal. Um, this also reminds me a little bit of uh, there's a crossover in the 90s that, like, because I read uh, uh, X-Force, um, I, I read, but no, you know, nobody else did, um, called Child's Play, which is about the Game Master. This is where Trevor Fitzroy was there. Um, and he had a bounty for all the members of the original Hellions and New Mutants. Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit of this where like these people are hunting, you know, Mystique and Magneto are both trying to get Psylocke. And it seems like, you know, Apocalypse will grant a wish of whoever gets me the most psychics or something. <laughs> like they are competing with each other yeah. as evidenced last episode with the Nasty Boys versus Mr. Sinister. Um, it's very confusing. I don't want to get too far off, though, because when Gambit and Storm show up, they show up in a teleporting tornado. Yeah. Like the tornado appears and they both step out of it. I'm glad you now, brought this up, up because yeah. this is a power we have not seen. <laughs> yeah. If, 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 uh, storm can teleport through the power of tornadoes, like that is a game changer. It can't, but it, here's the problem, Gary. It cannot possibly be storm's power that's doing this though, because she mm. didn't announce it first. She's in like, that's true. by the winds of so-and-so, let me teleport yeah. to she's London. Trying to think of, a, think of a, a weather condition that correlates to teleportation. <laughs> And she couldn't do it. By the snows. Um, no, that's not going to work. By the hail, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> no. Which weather teleports? Has anybody ever seen an eclipse before? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can someone tell me what ball lightning does? <laughs> I've heard the phrase, but I don't know what it means. I need to see it once to do it, guys. Come on. Just give me an encyclopedia over uh, here. Anything. So so they go they go back to Mystique and Magneto talking it out and Magneto says the reason why I'm doing this is because Apocalypse can resurrect my wife. Like we have just been through a resurrecting Magneto's wife plot, but like fine. Yeah, he's this this uh, dude is you know he's not satisfied with the bova in the hand. He needs the bova in the <laughs> foul. <laughs> bova in the bush is my favorite. Uh, God, who did Push in the Bush? I was thinking of <laughs> Bungle in the Jungle by D- Jethro Tull, but that's a different different euphemism song. Um, yeah. So the, actually, it's, it's funny that I brought up the Game Master because that's who uh, Sinister kidnaps. Is that who uh, this is? Because I, I didn't recognize the yeah. outfit offhand. So he comes back yeah. with a, with another psychic, which I guess is the Game Master. And uh, yeah. The Game Master is kind of cool. Like, he's not a uh, psychic. He's an omnipath. Like, he knows what everyone is thinking at all times. Uh-huh. And made, it has made him, like, real crazy and, like, weird and aloof. Somebody was like uh, somebody p- was pitching me on a, a comic series or like a like a short story basically or like a story of um, Santa Claus being real and just totally mm. fucking insane because all he can't stop but knowing what you did right or wrong. Oh, <laughs> so that's just good. driven him insane. I think yeah. that was uh, I want to say that was Z Chocobo from from the Duck Thieves Life, mm. but I, I want to give credit where if that's wrong, then you know hit me or whatever. Hit it. Come well, at thank me, you, but. Eric. And if it wasn't Eric, yeah. no, thank you, Eric. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> So while they're arguing, that's when Sinister brings in the Game Master. We switch back to the year 4000. I'm going to stop saying 3999. But also, uh, cable- this is this is referred to as Cable's future, not the future. Yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. very specifically Cable's, present. Cable's future. Um, yeah, so where Cable and Tyler are climbing up this mountain with, like, energy spikes, and they're doing it in tandem. It's real, real weird. It's real weird, and, like, I just – I have to imagine if you're using – like, if you've got energy spike technology – Surely you can have like a levita- levi- like a levitation device yeah, of some sort. <laughs> like if if we have invented flying in this day and age, how mm-hmm. come he can't do it two thousand years in the future? Um, but he gets up there; they're going to steal a government time machine to go back and fix this mess. 
yeah. uh, is the idea. And so far, like, you know, this, like I said, this does get a little too confusing. It's a little eye rolly when everyone shows up. Describing it is actually making it sound cooler than I think it is. <laughs> like, I I'm think kind we're of doing, I think because we're so putting far. so many, so many jokes into it, I think it's even, I think it's funnier <laughs> Like because none of these yeah. jokes exist in the show. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's very serious in the show. And I want to emphasize like how badly paced it is. Like there's a lot of like slow characters explaining stuff to each other that the, the listeners know. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, uh, you know, that's never my favorite thing. Like we know, you know, just, just, uh, uh, you know, hand wave that, you know, if the audience knows it, just like do it in as few lines as you can possibly can. I just wish like, um, there's gotta be like a better way to, to like fill in other characters and just be like, and like come into a scene with storm explaining. And that's when me and Gambit found <laughs> and like, that's it. You just have the, the, the ending of the story that you already know, but they do well, waste they just, a lot of time in to, these episodes. Yeah. They, they could just assume that the characters tell each other everything because the, for some reason this episode, there is the framing uh, device where Bishop is watching the things. Um, the uh so they've never done that before they don't need to do that like it doesn't need to take place in real time like this you know mm-hmm. so but one of the many problems with you know an animated series from 1997 that was running out of money very quickly and trying to do these like completely audacious four-part time travel series where they pull in every villain that the series has ever seen almost <laughs> and, and like if i was going to try to so to my mind it, it does show like kind of a fundamental misunderstanding of the strengths of the cartoon like if you were going to try to do a final capper where you pull in every, like whatever is going to be the final capper for the show. It has to deal with mutant rights, right? Yeah. Like how can you ignore the central conflict of the X-Men in, in favor of time travel and just like, you know, fan service. Because, oh, I know how you do that. It's dark souls three. It's of like, course literally dark souls three day where it's all fan service and time travel rather than like <laughs> being about what the thing is actually about. Uh, X-Men animated series is the dark souls three of animated series. Gary. Uh, this is the ring city of <laughs> X-Men animated series. Also the, the other problem with that is like, you can't have diplomacy and still be shooting energy beams at the other person. So like, what the fuck are they going to animate? Like, it's going to be like, it'd be like trying to do an Aaron Sorkin cartoon, right? Like you just, it's going to yeah. be a bunch of people walking around <laughs> talking with each other. Very, very quippily. Um, I think that, like, at, at this point, like, the like I have some some issues, but, like, at this point and halfway through the, these four episodes, I'm kind of enjoying this a little bit. Like, I'm still I'm still into it. Uh, it's not going to be until the back half where shit just gets ridiculous where I yeah, start rolling are, my The eyes. next episode is going to be more negative. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't have quite as many toilet anecdotes. Like, I'm going to try to generate – we're recording it here in just a couple minutes. I'm going to mm-hmm. try to generate some toilet talk. Uh, just in my head to get That's, ready, but I don't know. I'm just I'm looking forward to the break so I can generate some toilets. Well, let's get out of here. Let's do what let's, they like the show. Yeah. 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 Let's, um, if you, if you do enjoy the show, the, the easiest way and the most direct way to support us is to go to patreon.com slash tech TV and, uh, donate a couple of bucks a month. You can go there and see all of the reward tiers. Um, there's all kinds of crazy cool stuff that Gary and Cole have put together. And, uh, I think you should, you should definitely do it. You can come hang out with the Slack. You can get episodes early. You can vote on what they're going to cover for various, uh, good and bad game podcasts. It's, it's a, it's a good time to be over there. Mm-hmm. We got, uh, one of my favorite middling reviews. Uh, just recently for abject suffering where it was just like uh the 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 title was like it's all right and the text of the thing was like it's worth a listen and cool. three stars good <laughs> like, i mean so it's it's all right it's worth a listen that's the the, the sum total of what the, the guy had to say about it so um i love it at least you did not uh, at least you don't have people uh 
<laughs> texting you and or emailing you and saying that they are witches and that they could help you figure out lore because i love it, that yeah whew, I, I really want to know what that means um <laughs> yeah that is on jeremy's other podcast monster of the week of yeah. one of his other podcasts which you should also listen to jeremy's non duck feed stuff yeah, it's, uh, a, it's all that stuff is good. Don't give up skeleton. Mm-hmm. Um, check that shit out. You can see all um, that at JG Greer on Twitter. Uh, that's where I retweet all that stuff. Where are you at on Twitter nowadays? Uh, I'm at Gary Bud, G-A-R-Y-B-U-H. Always phrase that question um, as if you have com- like consistently changed your Twitter handle over the last nine or I, ten years. <laughs> I do. It's like a hermit crab. I give it to new Gary Butterfields whenever they... Uh, mm. Whenever they 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 want to come in, so I leave that that Twitter account. Let's uh, let another Gary Butterfield come Wait, in. When do I get the new young hot Gary Butterfield on this podcast? <laughs> yeah. I want to trade mine in for a newer model. <laughs> the new young hot Gary Butterfield is that weird other Gary Butterfield, the British Gary Butterfield, who I get the, his email sometimes. Uh, who's on on Twitter when you search Gary Butterfield? There's a guy talking about uh, British football, and uh, sometimes like I think he works a, as a, a trumpet like manufacturer or a trumpet supplier that's or cool. something based okay. on some of the emails I've gotten from there. There is British Gary Butterfield though. There's, There's also a... another guy named Gary Butterfield in port in uh, the United States who looks like a stunt double version of me. Like when I've had like a bigger, bushier beard and been a little bit heavier than I am. Mm-hmm. Like he looks a little bit like that. And I'm like, man, this guy looks like at a glance, like, you know, you could, you could confuse the two of us. It's very strange. I constantly um, get email from a, a Jeremy Greer that thinks that Jeremy Greer at gmail.com is his email address. And it's not <laughs> like, because the way that <laughs> Gmail works, that's just not his email. So I get it all the time. And, uh, I'm not proud of this. And this, I'm going to phrase this story in the context that it, it had happened for a long time. And I, like I had, I had gotten emails from this dude containing his phone number or like from other people to this dude containing his phone number and texted the guy and pleased and like, please stop using my email address. I'm getting all of your bullshit. I don't want to see it. So um, he gets a, I got sent a a signature pays because he was accepting a new job and like his salary was something Mm -hmm. like $72,000 a year. So, and I'm, again, I'm going to, want to preface this. I'm going to say, I'm not proud of doing this. I was just angry in the moment, but I replied to it and I said, uh, maybe if you're going to pay this dude $72,000 a year, you should make sure that he knows his own email address and is capable of sharing it with people because I get this fucking dude's email all the time. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, and then I felt really bad when the chick was like, Oh, I'm sorry. Like he didn't give us his email address. And like, there was a whole thing after that, but I felt bad. But at the time, like just fuck off, learn your email address. How do you do that? Like, I don't understand. Anyway, where were we? What were we talking um, about? Were we talking about the X-Men stuff? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I got a little heated. Uh, well, we're going to prepare to, we got to take a, we have to take a break for toilet time. So, um, we'll be back in two weeks to, yep. uh, to finish out uh, Beyond Good and Evil. Yeah, thank you everybody for listening. We'll see you next time. Good night.